0: ذلك الدين القيم وقال تعالى والعصر إن الإنسان الذين الصالحات بالحق بالصبر الله مولانا My dear respected brothers in Islam, all praise and all gratitude belongs to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, who is our Creator, our Sustainer, our Nourisher. And greetings and salutations upon our noble master, Nabi Muhammad Mustafa Sallallahu wa sallam. Let us all recite the sharif. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala ali Sayyidina Muhammadin wa ashabihi wa barik wa sallim. It mentioned the hadith sharif, that person who recites one Durood upon Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Allah Ta'ala blesses him with ten blessings. One narration mentions ten of his sins will be forgiven, and Allah Ta'ala will elevate his status in akhirat by tenfold. <coughs> Alhamdulillah. We should make a concerted effort to increase our durood and salams upon Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, especially on the day of yawmul jumuah Allah ta'ala grant each one of us tawfiq uh, to recite abundance of durood sharif upon Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Alhamdulillah, we all know that today is the sixth of Muharram. The first week of Muharram has almost come to an end. And this is the first Jummah of Muharram, the new year, 1444. And for the past few days, you must have been reading, listening with regards to Muharram, the significance of Muharram, uh, the day of Ashura, etc. But one thing we have to understand and realize that life is moving at a very fast and rapid pace. That one year has gone by and a new year has started. This is not a time for us to celebrate, uh, to have big, big functions. This is a time for us to ponder and reflect Uh, ways of the West and the Kuffar that they celebrate the new year by having big parties, etc. Us as Muslims, as believers, we find in time of Islam, it came the month of Muharram, nobody had big, big celebrations. But rather it was a time to ponder and reflect that one year of my life has passed and I'm one year closer to the qabr, I'm one year closer to the grave, there's one year less of my life. A person has to think about this, then there will be tears in his eyes. There won't be any time to celebrate. That I'm one year closer to my qabr. How would a person enjoy his life when he knows he's one year closer to the grave? So time is moving at a very fast pace. Whether we take benefit or not, time will still continue. Whether we are sleeping, whether we are awake, whether we are working, whether we are relaxing, whether we are making benefit, taking benefit or not, it's irrelevant. Time will move. It's for us to take benefit of this time that Allah has given us, whether it's 20 years, whether it's 50 years, whether it's 80 years. One poet he says it very, very beautifully. Uh, our life, giving an example of our life, that how this life is going by, that whether we acknowledge it or not, whether we are aware or not, it has got is going. It's, it's moving. So he says, baras kam." Uh, that is life of hours that Allah Ta'ala has given us, whether it's 20, 40, 80 years. It's an example, it's an example of a block of ice. Till today, if we have to go to those regions, Indo-Pak, India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, till today, if we go, we'll understand this example very well, that even in today's times, that you'll find in the summer months, A vendor, a person who sells on the roadside, comes with his cart five, six o'clock in the morning after Fajr in the summer months, sometimes it's four o'clock in the morning, it's hot days, long days, you'll see him coming with a cart, pushing a cart, an open flat cart, and he's got a big block of ice, sometimes it's so big that block of ice, so on his open cart, it's taken out of the freezer and he comes to the marketplace with his cart. And his business is either selling ice or something to do with ice. Maybe some juices, some fresh juice, whatever it is. Those that are passing, it's very hot. They will be buying those ice and drinking and the juice that he's making. But he gives us example because that vendor, that person who's selling that ice, now he's there from the morning, by the afternoon there's no more ice. Whether he took benefit from it or not, whether he sold it or not, or whether he was talking with somebody, no matter what he was doing, but every moment of the day, every second that was going by, whether he was selling or not selling, that ice was block was slowly melting away. Whether he sold or not, whether he took benefit or not, that block of ice every second, every minute is melting away and becoming smaller and smaller and smaller and eventually there will be no more ice. So he says, <laughs> That silently, quietly, without any indication, without making any noise, without any warning this person, hey, I'm melting away, I'm getting wasted. Why are you wasting your time talking to that person? Rather, make some effort to sell this ice. doesn't tell you nothing. Silently, little by little, slowly, this ice is melting away. And eventually, there will be nothing left. So similarly, this life of ours, whether we waste it away, whether we indulge in haram or in good, no matter what we do, whether we forget about it also, but silently, quietly, It is slipping away, it's moving, it's going away. So we have to ask ourselves that a new year has come about, one entire year has passed away. Has this year that passed away, has it passed away silently? Where we forgot about or did we take maximum benefit from that year that had just passed? So we have to take stock of ourselves. One year of my life has passed, how did I benefit from that life? Allah Taala in quran Kareem, Kareem, so many places He speaks about this repetition after repetition, repeating after repeating, that how time is moving, and what are we doing about it? Nahari wa Nahara al Nahar, al Nahar wa Nahara So many places of Quran, Allah Taala tells us the changing of day and night, the coming of night and day this altering or movement of day and night, rising of the sun, setting of the sun, what is an indication towards? It's an indication towards that time is moving, our life is going. Every day that the sun rises a new day, every day the sun sets the new night. What have we done about this? The lesson that has been sent by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so many places in Qur'an al-Kareem is that you have to prepare for more, that silently it's approaching you, it's coming towards you, whether you can acknowledge it or not. That moat is coming to you at a very fast and rapid pace. So every second of our life, we have to make it valuable. Every moment of our life, we have to make it valuable. One person by the name of Sheikh Imam Hatim Rahmatullah Alayhi, that we find in our life so many times we are deviated, we are moved off track. Comes the month of Ramadan, then we are on track, we are focused, we utilize our time correctly, Ramadan goes back, we we move off track, we deviate. Then some big night comes, we come back onto track. So we constantly, we have things that are moving us away and taking us away from on to be steadfast on deen and iman and islam. We always have things that are distracting us. That is why to the rahmat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah ta'ala brings about these occasions. Whether it's the day of Ashura, whether it's the night of Qadr, the month of Ramadan, to bring us back because we deviate, we lose focus. So this person, Shaykh Imam Hatim rahmatullah alayh. A person whose life if we have to read, read about, we will envy his life. But what a life did he live, a life of piety, a life of steadfastness, that his entire life he stayed on that straight path. He never deviated, he was steadfast on ihdina al So towards the latter part of his life, the people asked him, that how is it possible that your entire life, you managed to live your life in such a manner that you are always focused that you never deviated, you never move off track. Whereas we on the other hand, one small thing comes about, we are missing our salah. Someone, wife wants to go shopping, then we compromise our salah. Small, small reason, we compromise our quraim. We say, no, we'll read it later. That's cool. they asked him, that, how is it possible that you are steadfast on deen, on the principles of deen, that you never ever wavered and, waved and move off track. So he explained to these people and he told them, that four things I've understood and realized. And these four things always kept me focused and kept me steadfast. And then he explains these four things, that if we are conscious and we understand and realize this, that we will be able to remain steadfast and we will utilize our time correctly. This time that is moving and slipping away so rapidly. So he says, the first thing I've understood and realized, at which many of us are in this misunderstanding, that my risk and my sustenance is in the control and in the hands of Allah Ta'ala. He says, many a time we are mistaken by this, and we end up spending our entire life trying to chase, uh, to accumulate the wealth of this world, whereas this has already been decreed by Allah Ta'ala. This is muqaddar, that before we were even born, that our risk and our sustenance has already been allocated by Allah Ta'ala. That no matter how much effort I will make, I will only get that which Allah has decreed for me. That nothing will miss me which was meant for me. And what was meant for me will never miss me. No matter what happens, will definitely come for me. Says when I understood this and I realized this, said, this is the mistake of many a people. When I understood and I realized this, and then I was able to remain steadfast on the principles and the obedience and the thought of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because many a times, uh, this our... Our, in, in, in order to fulfill this need of ours, many a times we compromise the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We shift away from the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We find that some problems come up in our businesses with people, we are compromising, we have deviated from the sharia. Shir- Why? Because we have this worry, another person has opened up a business, this is competition for me. So what happens now? We start lying, we start cheating, deception, all these come. Why? Because my concern and my fear that my business is going to collapse, my risk is going to be taken away from me. Someone else is going to share in my risk. How is that possible? I understood this, he says, that this is muqaddar from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that nobody can take my risk away from me. No matter what happens. I've come to this realization and understanding. So now I'm at ease and at peace. When it is time for salah, I can put everything aside with 100% confidence that nobody's going to take my risk in this half an hour that I close for salah, for example. Nobody's going to take my risk because Allah has decreed it for me. One hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam That no person, no soul, that will never die. No soul will ever leave this dunya tastakmila Until his risk and his sustenance is not completed. So we will not die. If we are alive, meaning we still going to get risk. That person who has passed away, meaning his risk has come to an end. There's nothing left for him here. That is why his mouth has come to an end. Like how our shadow sticks and follows us, our risk and sustenance also follows us like that. Or we follow our risk and sustenance like that. On Ustad of ours, Allah ta'ala fully he passed away two years, was a mufti Ala-udin sahab rahmatullah very senior ustad sutis Tirmiri sharif hadith in the final year was a ustad that taught in 18 years so he was teaching in the madrasa and i remember one student in the fourth or fifth year in the madrasa something something went wrong and he was told to leave the madrasa this student was from australia but his origins was from one of the Arab countries, that my parents had moved to Australia. So something he did wrong, something went wrong in the madrasa and they told him now you have to leave madrasa, you go some another madrasa, you go back home, whatever it is. So he was in his fourth or fifth year, he came crying to the Ustad in the class because Ustad spoke Arabic and he also spoke Arabic because coming from an Arab background. So he was very close to this Ustad, very senior Ustad. And he came crying in the class, we were sitting, it was a Friday after Jumma, I remember, the first period after Jumma. And he came crying to the ustad telling him, you know what, now I have to leave this madrasa and I have to go down. And they don't want me anymore, I have to go somewhere else, either go home or what, I don't know what to do. So the ustad gave him, consoled him and gave him this advice. And he told him, understand one thing. That whatever ilm and whatever knowledge was muqaddar and written for you to acquire from the ustaz and the asatizas of this madrasa, you have acquired that much. Whatever was meant for you to acquire, whatever ilm and knowledge was meant for you here, that much we have acquired. Now Allah Ta'ala has kept the balance of your ilm somewhere else. You will go there and you will get it there. So nothing to worry about. If you are insincere in what you are doing, Then you are in the balance of it, Allah has kept it somewhere else. You have to go to that place. It will find you, and you will find it, and you will go there and continue to console this person. Secondly, he told him that your risk and your sustenance and your food in this madrasa is finished here. Whatever was decreed for you, how much you were going to eat in this madrasa, you have eaten your lot here now. Your risk and your sustenance is is in some other madrasa now. So it will take you to that madrasa where it is. Whatever you had to eat here, you ate your full, complete share. There's nothing else left for you now. So now you will find your risk somewhere else. So this lesson that our risk will come to us, our sustenance will come to us, no matter what has happened. If our business has to close, something has to go wrong, then understand my risk at this business has closed, it's kept for me somewhere else, I have to find it somewhere else. And this will be a means of consolation for us. Consolation for us. So this is the first thing he says. I understood and realized. That my risk and my sustenance was decreed in Qadr by Allah Ta'ala. And this made it easy for me to fulfil the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then he said that I've understood and I've realised that the obligations that are upon me by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, my faraid, for example, that I have to do it. Nobody else can do it for me. My salah is farad upon me. Nobody else can read my salah for me. That I have to fulfil this obligation. My roza, it's fard upon me, nobody can do it for me. I have have to take out my zakat, nobody can do it for me. All the obligations of Allah Ta'ala is upon me as an individual. I have to, I am responsible of fulfilling those obligations. And I will have to give accountability to Allah Ta'ala for those actions. He says, I've understood this. He says, once I've understood this, then I realize it's my duty and my responsibility, I have to do it. So now it becomes very easy for me. We understand and realize that in the morning I have to go to work i can't send my son to work to do my why it's my duty i have to be there when i've understood this that i have to wake up at five in the morning to go to work it's my responsibility that no matter how cold the morning may be no matter how difficult the circumstances may be for me to get to work but because i've understood my responsibility and i have to give accountability if i'm not at work then to get up in the morning becomes easy so similarly says i have understood that these obligations of Allah Ta'ala that are upon me, it's my responsibility. So now it became easy for me for to fulfill the commands of Allah Ta'ala. So that's how I remain steadfast on this deen throughout my life. Then he says, thirdly, that I've realized that Allah Ta'ala beholds me. That Allah Ta'ala is aware of me. Allah Ta'ala is watching me. Allah Ta'ala knows every movement of mine. Allah Ta'ala is so compassionate, so kind, so merciful, looking at me with an eye of rahmat and mercy that how is it possible that such an Allah who is so kind, so compassionate, so forgiving, so merciful, that Allah Ta'ala is watching me 24 hours of the day, how is it possible that I disobey Allah Ta'ala? That that Allah Ta'ala who is so compassionate, is looking at me with the eyes of rahmat and kindness and forgiveness and everything you can think of, and despite Allah looking at me with this, I still disobey him. He so it's not possible. So this thing kept me away from the disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that every given moment of my life, that Allah ta'ala is watching me. This bashfulness has come into me, that how can I disobey Allah ta'ala? This haya, this modesty has come into me. That how is it possible to make any one of us, for example, if we want to commit some haram act, for example, person wants to commit zina, if he sees his small child standing and watching him, he'll feel ashamed. He'll feel ashamed. Leave alone his father, his parents or his wife. A small child is standing close by in proximity, he'll, say he'll feel ashamed. So are we not ashamed when we are looking at that haram, we're on that mobile device, or we're looking in that mall at haram, or we're committing the sin, uh, that Allah Ta'ala is not watching us, Allah Ta'ala does not see what we are doing. How much more ashamed, how much more bashfulness should we have? That my Allah is watching me. So he says, when I've understood this, then this kept me steadfast on deen, on the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is not possible for me to disobey Allah ta'ala, Allah ta'ala is watching me. Mulla ali qari rahmatullah alayhi. Very nicely in one line he summarizes this whole thing. And he says, Allahu maulaka, Allahu yaraaka maulaka haiithunahaqa. Allahu yaraaka maulaka nahaka. He says, Allah that is your Rabb, that is your Mola." that your sustainer, your creator, that Allah Ta'ala who is, is watching you, your Mawla, your Rabb, your Creator, that Allah must not see you at such a place where Allah Ta'ala has forbidden you to be. Allah Ta'ala does not want you to be. It must never happen such that Allah Ta'ala sees you at a place where He has prohibited you to be. Allah who is your Rabb should not see you at a place where He has prohibited you from being. It mustn't happen such that Allah Ta'ala sees us at a casino, that Allah Ta'ala sees us at some place of vice, Allah is watching me. So this, Hatim Rahmatullah, Ali says, this is the third thing that kept me steadfast. And he says, the fourth thing that kept me steadfast, says that this time and myself, that time and myself, this was a constant struggle, that this time Allah Ta'ala has given me, that how am I utilizing it? That every moment, every second of my life that is going by, it's never to come back. Last year, 1443 is history. It will never come back. See, it's every minute, every second that goes by. If it was not in the obedience of Allah, it's a wasted second. One subhanallah, a person says, one tree planted for him in Jannah. That second that it took him to say, subhanallah, was a second that will be valuable to him in akhirat. One darut sharif that he read, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, took him two seconds, that will establish uh, ten stages for him in Jannah. That two seconds will be valuable two seconds in Akhirat. That time that was utilized when nothing was done just passed by, that he will regret in Akhirat. So he says this fourth thing that kept me steadfast, that how I give accountability for every moment of my life. And this is what we have come back to the, the very beginning, that this new year of Muharram, coming that how we can utilize it in the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We talk about making resolutions. We don't make resolutions for the new year. We make resolutions for life. The rest of my life must be lived in the obedience and the sunnat of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This new year, let it be a turning point in my life. 1444 must be a turning point in my life. When now I have this consciousness that Allah Taala is watching me, my life is moving away, is drifting away, is slipping away. It mustn't happen such that time is slipping away and my life is slipping away and also I'm wasting and not doing anything. Of My akhirat is also slipping away. My akhirat together with all that is slipping away. So Allah Ta'ala grant each one of us the tawfiq that this new year of Muharram that has come, that we make this firm intention and this niyat that how it can be a better year than last year. Everybody takes stock in the new year. Every businessman is concerned that my coming year must be a better year for me with our deen as well. This coming year, let us make decisions of hidayat for ourselves. Decisions of how we are going to be Allah and follow the sunnah of Rasulullah Wasallam. Allah Ta'ala grant me first the tawfiq, and that comes each one of us also the tawfiq. Let this be a changing and a turning point in my life. After all, the hijrat was the turning point of deen. That is why as Umar anhu took that suggestion of the hijrat of Alaihi Wasallam to start the Islamic calendar. He said, this was the turning point. This was the turning point. So let us also make this new year a turning point in our life as well. Just quickly, two things we we'll just mentioned about the month of Muharram. Because we are already six days in the month of Muharram. Let us understand this is Shahrullah, the month of Allah. The least we can do is not commit sins and disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, this month, every fast that a person will keep in this month of Muharram, for every fast, it's equivalent to 30 days, one month of fast. So let us try to fast in this month. Let us try to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Part of one hadith, Nabi SA mentions that that person who honors this month of Muharram, Muharram, the month of Allah. That Allah Ta'ala will honor him with Jannat and Allah Ta'ala will save him from the fire of Jahannam. How we'll honor this month? Bare minimum, we don't disobey Allah Ta'ala. That's the minimum a person can do. If he can't get up for tahajjud, he can't fast, he can't do extra nawafil, extra tilawat. The bare minimum is that he does not break any commands of Allah. Do his faraids on time and don't disobey Allah. Bare minimum. Obviously, we have to add on to this. So one fast, one month. Let us honor this month of Muharram. And secondly, the day of Ashura, the 10th of Muharram which will be on Tuesday. this coming Tuesday. We won't go into the details, inshallah, the night of Ashura, we'll discuss it. But the person who will fast on the day of Ashura, Nabi mentions that Allah Ta'ala will forgive his previous year's sin, And we are told we should not only fast one day, we should oppose the Jews and their hood. We should fast on the 9th and 10th or 10th and 11th. That is Monday and Tuesday or Tuesday and Wednesday. All of us should make this near that at least minimum we fast on the day of Ashura and the day before or the day after. And one last point also, it is mentioned in the hadith of Bayhaqe. That when Nabi mentioned that a person who is generous on his family members on the day of Ashura, on the 10th of Muharram, Allah Ta'ala will be generous on this person for the entire year. So let us be a little bit more generous according to our affordability. What we can afford within our means, we be a little bit more generous on our family members. Even if it means cooking an extra meal or an extra dish or some sweet dish, that is also sufficient. A person does not have to put himself into expenses and buy things on loan, on credit for the day of Ashura, no. If it means now just cooking a little bit extra or cooking a sweet dish to the normal dish, this also is sufficient. But a person who will be generous to will be generous to the entire year. Allah Ta'ala